morning class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is good to overcome problems, overcome deficiencies, overcome failures and lack. And God called us and made us to be overcomers. We've been talking about that all this week and we're going to get into it even more. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom. Uh, we live in a, a world of myriads of distractions. Uh, there are just so many voices in the world and all of them are vying for your attention and too many live a perpetually distracted, interrupted life. Technology is a part of this, but it's also what we allow. Um, if you're coming into the class to be fed today, turn off all the other stuff. And don't give us this, well, I'm a multitasker. <laughs> uh, um, it's kind of like texting and driving. If you're texting, you're not driving. If your focus is here, it ain't here. And you cannot do two things at one time. You can do fast back and forth, but when you're here, you're missing something here. Can't help it. I don't care who you are. Nobody can actually do multiple things at the exact same time. All you can do is dart back and forth between them and you're missing something in the interim. So we need to, we need to get some mind renewal about this multitasking. When it comes to God's things, one of the ways you show Him respect is by giving Him your full, undivided attention. And if you let all this other stuff interrupt you, and you're, you're, what you're saying is, excuse me, God, I need to check this uh, tweet. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> so turn that stuff off. Come on in here. Just a few minutes. Give the Lord your full attention. Father, we do purpose to give you our full attention. You are certainly worthy of our full attention. Forgive us for being foolish and, and living distracted lives, imagining we're capable of doing all these things that we're not. Show us what's important and what's not, what your priorities are, that they may be our priorities. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Said out loud, Lord, help me to see, Lord, to see things the way you do. That your values would be my values. Your priorities would be my priorities. And that I might do always 
those things that please you. Hallelujah. That is also your happiest life. <laughs> when you're pleasing Him, your joy will be full. That's how it works. Notice with me in 1 John 5th chapter, 1 John 5. He said, verse 4, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 1 John 5, 4. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So every person born of God, born again, born from above, is a born overcomer, a world overcomer. And the way you do it, the way you walk it out every day and night, is with our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. My father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he, he'd say this from time to time, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Go with me to Romans, the 10th chapter. We saw this on yesterday's uh, class. Talking about being born again, born of God, how that happens, and about faith and how you get this faith that overcomes the world. He said in Romans 10, 8, what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The answer is close. Whether it's being born again, it's as close as your heart and your mouth. Uh, he, prior to this, he said, don't say who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down. Who will descend into, into the deep to bring up Christ again from the dead. Notice the word again. The Lord does not need to do anything more to redeem us to pay for our sins, to, to give us eternal life. It has been done. What remains is the receiving of it. And you do that with faith. And, and you release faith by believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. That's, that's the primary action. And so he said, uh, if we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to make yourself better to be saved. Uh, that's why the Lord had to come, because you couldn't save yourself. No matter what you did, you couldn't make yourself good enough to be saved. You cannot be saved through good works. You, you hear people oftentimes that, that you would think should know better talk about, well, I hope I've been good enough to get into heaven. That's an indication you're lost. You're relying on your good deeds in life to be saved. If you could be saved by that, you didn't need Jesus. He didn't have to come for you. No, no one is saved by their good deeds or being a good person. Nobody is lost because they weren't quite enough a good person. This idea that people are going to get to, you know, arrive 
at the pearly gates, as people say, and, the, and Peter will be there with the uh, uh, scale of balances. <laughs> and, oh, this is John Smith. Okay, let's see. All right. How many good works? How many bad works? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yes, you didn't make it. Just, you know, a little bit too much bad. You got to go the other way. That's junk. That's ignorant fantasy. You know, no. We're born again based on what Jesus did. We're saved. Our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's not up for debate whether we're getting in or not getting in. You are already a citizen of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They're working on your place. Amen. You have real estate there. They're working on your place. Now, I didn't say you couldn't mess that up, but not by just making a few mistakes and that kind of thing. That's a whole other subject. But uh, you're saved as long as you want to be saved. If you receive Jesus and are born again, you'd have to purposely reject Jesus and say, I don't believe in him anymore. I don't want him anymore. I don't, I don't want to be saved. Well, I hope you're not that ignorant. <laughs> no, somebody say, I'm saved, I'm saved. and I'm staying saved. I'm saved. <laughs> My name's in the book. My name's in the book. And so uh, he goes on to say, whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? They won't. How will they believe in him of whom they've not heard? They, they can't. How will they hear without a preacher? They won't. How will they preach except they be sent? They can't. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Often the gospel is defined as good news. And that's correct. That's accurate. But you could also very precisely say the good report. Good report of what? Of the good things. Notice the very next verse. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by a report and a report by the word of God. Now that's the, the same word. Look it up if you like. That he's talking about. Who has believed our report? Faith comes by a report, and a report by the hearing of the Word of God. What report? The report of the good news, the good report. And then he said, Isaiah said, who has believed our report? That is the big question over the earth right now. God has provided total eternal salvation for human beings at great sacrifice and cost and price. It's done. It's accomplished. But it's not experienced and enjoyed by all of the billions on the planet. Why? Many of them don't believe the report. 
they don't believe actually the testimony of God Himself concerning His Son. Many, without realizing it, are calling God a liar. They are saying, no, Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. No, Jesus didn't die and hasn't been physically raised from the dead. No, uh, they don't believe the report. And for some, it's like it's too good to be true. Go with me to the book of John and, and you'll see part of what we're talking about here. We, we saw that um, Isaiah 53, you're going to John 12, John 12. In Isaiah 53, verse 1, we saw yesterday, that's where he's quoting from in Romans, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To those that don't believe the report, it's like there is no God, like there is no power. It seems to be a self-fulfilling thing. Well, there is no God. So to you, it will be like there is no God because the arm of the Lord is not revealed to those who reject the report. But to those who do believe the report, I can testify, <laughs> He has revealed His goodness to us, His power to us. He has manifested and confirmed His Word in our life over and over again, and it's directly connected to us believing the report. Who, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The same one, the one who believes the report. What report? The good report. The good news. The gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Believe the good news. In uh, John 12, verse 37, Though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. The scripture says that Jesus came into his own and his own did not receive him. He fulfilled prophecy every step of the way. If, if you were alive in Jesus' generation when he walked the earth and you were a scribe, a scholar, if you genuinely were, and you were honest, you would have to admit everything Isaiah said, everything Jeremiah said, everything Ezekiel said, everything Moses prophesied, everything David prophesied, every one of them's coming to pass with Jesus. You got to be dishonest or not know the Bible you claim you know if you don't. And yet, not only was that happening, they are seeing miracles that no one has seen in their generation or in previous generations. They are seeing the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, lepers cleansed, the dead raised. And yet what? Yet what? They believed him not. This reveals that believing doesn't come by seeing. You'll hear people say, well, seeing is believing. No, it's not. Never has been. 
<laughs> it, faith is the evidence of things what? Not seen. No, it's not. Seeing amazing things will not give you faith. It won't make you believe. You can see the most astounding miracles beyond what you've ever imagined. And you can decide, I still don't believe. I don't know what happened. It was some kind of strange phenomenon. Swamp gas. <laughs> uh, you know, visual illusion. I don't know. Uh, emotional outburst. See, you don't have to believe. You, you can always choose to try to explain it away. All the while, your heart's going, are you kidding? <laughs> you know. You know this is true and right. But he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Verse 38, that the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's a quote from Isaiah 53.1. That's what Paul, by the Spirit of God, is saying in Romans. We see this more than a couple of places. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? What's the answer to the question? Same one. The same person. Who experiences the arm of the Lord? Who experiences a manifestation of the power of God? The one that believes the report. What report? <laughs> the, good, the good report. The glad tidings of good things. The gospel. Hallelujah. What is the gospel? It's the good report. The good report. And how does faith come? Faith comes by the report, and the report by what God said. Hallelujah. Come on, can you see this? There, there needs to be some mind renewal about some of this. Thank God you don't have to be like these folks, that miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, and they go, well, we just don't know. We're just not sure. It is sad, but there are a lot of folks you, it doesn't matter how much they see, how much they hear, how much evidence and confirmation, it's still not enough for them. Why? Because faith is a choice. It'll still be a choice. How much evidence, how much confirmation, how much witness, it's a choice. Wise ones are honest. And when they perceive and know something in their heart, they quit trying to analyze everything with their head, acting like they have enough intelligence to scrutinize if God is right or not, and just say, I believe. I trust you, Lord. You say it, you're right. Say it out loud. I believe, I believe. His, report. His report. I believe. I choose to believe the good news. Oh, hallelujah. The good news. And so what comes next? Then to you, the arm of the Lord is revealed. To you, the power of God will be manifested so many various ways and areas and levels. But see, why didn't they believe this? 
They're seeing it. They're hearing it. They're experiencing it. And still. Well, they're stuck in their traditions. They're stuck. And, and here's one of the big things. If they acknowledge, you know, he is the fulfillment of all the prophecy. You know, nobody's ever done miracles like this. You know, he must be the one. What's it going to mean? One of the biggest things they were concerned about was losing their place in the Sanhedrin, losing their place amongst the uh, religious scholars because they had decided he's not the one. And there's still people say today, oh yeah, you know, maybe he was a good moral teacher, but uh, he's not the one. We're still looking for somebody else. Then you're calling the Father God a liar because he said he's the one. <laughs> he said, I sent him. And he's the only one that, that can do this, that has done this. Not too good to be true. But if they had believed it and accepted it, they would have to admit that they and their contemporaries had been wrong. And man, people choke on their pride. They can go, mm, I, you know, I, I'm going to, you know how many times I preached against him? And I'm going to come out now and say, I was wrong? Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what you do. When you're wrong, say you're wrong. Right? And none of us, none of us have lived our entire life and never needed to say, I was wrong. When's the last time you said, I'm wrong? Is that too long? Every one of us, with your spouse, with your children. I know uh, my dad and my mom, they weren't going to church, weren't serving the Lord like they should have been when my brother and I were little boys. But they grew up in church and they knew my grandmother took us to church. Uh, us boys. And I know one night uh, my dad and mom got into a spat and fight. And I don't mean it wasn't a bunch of physical stuff, but it was yelling and, and it wasn't nice. And um, uh, the next day, my dad brought my little brother and I out in the front yard. We had a big oak tree out there. We are just little boys. And uh, he knelt down in front of us. He said, boys, I know you heard what happened last night. And he said, I want you to know your daddy was wrong. And, uh, uh, you know, us raising our voice and us saying those things and doing those things, he said, uh, that's wrong and it's not going to happen again. And, you know, it didn't. <laughs> if it did, I never heard about it. <laughs> but here I am, a grown man, decades later. My dad's already gone to heaven now. But I respect that. And what it consisted of was him saying, I was wrong. I was wrong. Repentance is a gift. Hallelujah. And when you do it from your heart, the grace of God will flow to you, to help you, to overcome, and to make a change. So it's not okay that you just do all kind of stuff and you're too proud to admit that you're wrong and you won't take responsibility for causing problems and making mistakes. No, acknowledge it. 
The Bible said confess. You confess your sin, then God is, is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. So, and there are numerous times you need to do that with people as well. You need to tell them to their face. And you don't need to say, well, you know, maybe I made a mistake, but, you know, you, you're not repenting. No. You say, I did this and it's wrong. You take responsibility for your actions or for your lack of them. I did it. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I, I, I intend to not do it again, to make a change. And if you'll do that, instead of things being unfixed and just sitting there and festering and turning into spiritual gangrene over the years, you get healed. You get delivered. You, you get it fixed. You get it, you're not dealing with it anymore. It's not there anymore. Don't be too proud. God gives grace to the humble. Isn't that what the scripture said? Humble yourself before God that he may exalt you in due time. In God's things, the way up is down. <laughs> what do you mean? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Uh, Jesus said, learn about me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. Humble yourself. Bow yourself in worship before him. Uh, uh, you know, lay out before him and acknowledge and open your heart. And there are times you need to do that with people too. You need to call somebody today, call them. You need to talk to somebody at home, talk to them. Don't make excuses. Don't blame anybody else. Say, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have said this. This was wrong. I should have done this. Take responsibility and you will find grace. Wonderful, good grace to help change your situation. Can you say amen? amen? And isn't that part of the good news that you can, can be forgiven and cleansed and go on like it, like it didn't even happen. He said, so verse 16 of uh, Romans 10 again, Romans 10, 16, they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So many have not believed the report. This is one of the saddest things on the planet is how many millions of people don't believe God's report. They don't believe the good news. So the arm of the Lord is not revealed to them. And so to them, you can live and die like there is no God. Millions are doing it. But the moment you call on the name of the Lord, you acknowledge, I believe the report. I believe the good news that you gave your son for us, that he came and paid the price and even took my sicknesses and the chastisement of my peace and was made poor so I could be rich. Somebody say, good news, good news, good news. I believe the good news. When you do that, the arm of the Lord, the power of God, the spirit of God starts showing up in your life confirming what you say you believe. Say it out loud, I believe the good news, the good report. I am a believer. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's it for today. We'll see you again soon, back here in Faith School. I've got no
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.